Welcome to episode 94 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your quarantine hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another he- host, host. He- hello. Hello, host. <laughs> Mr. Paul Robinson, and welcome to hell. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. This yep. is it. We're in the thick of it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, two weeks turned into like a month and a half, it yep. seems. <laughs> yep. Things are getting extended. So everyone stay safe out there. Cover your mouth and stay inside your if mouth. you can. Cover your mouth. Your mouth. People are still going to the beach and whatnot and hanging out. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you in this time? <sighs> Here we are. So Jesus let's talk some, about something a little more exciting. Yeah. A little more fun. Let's keep this upbeat for everyone out there I'll who's going crazy. Um, <clears throat> so what are we talking about today? Well, we watched some stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, we did. I do know. Yep, we did. I was we there. Did, we did, and um, we watched Uncut Gems. Finally, mm-hmm. got around to that. Uh, we also finished the uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 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 Um, finally, got around to that. Getting around to things. Yeah, that was like three months, four months almost mm-hmm. ago. Um, I think. Uh, it, it's well. That's pretty much all there is to talk about that we've yeah. watched. Well, I finally <laughs> was able so to break out know. my camera every once in a while. Yeah. Um, work is, was crazy. I was working like twenty four seven, and now it's 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 settled down to a more uh, similar schedule to when I would go into the studio. So I've been trying to break out the camera a bit more. Yeah. Film yeah. some stuff. We're trying to be creative. Yeah. But um, also plan. I don't know. This is so. This is possibly. Uh, was probably the worst year to release our latest film. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, I think initially it was like, oh, this is all going to blow over by the time we start hearing back. But that's only a month away that we start hearing back throughout the summer. And so I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't mm -hmm. know how um, comfortable people are going to be even when they lift this. If they're, how they're going to be, I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be sitting yeah. in a room filled with, with people. Filled with people, like who did you get near that was, you know, on on a Miami beach in the middle yeah. of April? <laughs> April. April. So it, this is gonna this is gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, we can always peddle this film for another film for another year, rather. Everyone else does it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who are we kidding? We'll have um, other films made by we'll, then. You know, we'll potentially have to push this further into next year than than we had initially planned to. Yeah. It's just, it's just there's so many unknown variables, you know, like what are film fests in the summer going to do be because what are they going to be like? Because it's going to die down then allegedly, you know, yeah, but in a the lot warmer of, weather and whatnot. A lot of our, our dates for fest that we that we had submitted to went into the fall yeah and guess what the fall is flu season yeah. so we may potentially be doing this all yeah, over of, again a lot of online festivals yeah that's what a lot of them are i'm doing. not gonna lie part of that is uh attracting to yeah. me so you know it's a little bit attractive people i'm not gonna lie it's a little attractive yeah. because yeah it's just like okay here you can watch our film but then I don't, I don't know how how engaging that is for people. I don't know how many people are going to want to sit down at their computer or mm-hmm. with their phone and or at their TV even and and yeah. sit through a film fest. I think you're you know when you go to a film fest, you're kind of forced to sit through things that you yeah. may not have otherwise. I had waffle crumbs all over my chin. Mm. How did you not tell me this? I didn't. Uh, I don't really look <laughs> at you. 
So <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I think you're pretty too. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. Yeah. Um, I don't Keep the know. love alive. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You know, you're 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 sort of there's this um, like a, a detachment when you're not really forced. It sounds terrible, but initially, you know, initially, essentially, you are when you go to a film fest, right? And your mo- your movie's playing. Our movie almost always plays last or second to last, or it's usually towards the end. So mm-hmm. we have to sit through whatever block. Mm-hmm. There is you don't have to, but it's polite. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> sometimes there's things that you, you know, you read the synopsis for, you see a poster and you're like, eh, I'm yeah. not really interested in that. But if it's in your block, then mm-hmm. you, you got to sit through it. And then some things can surprise you. You're like, hey, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I would not have gone out of my way to see that film otherwise. Right. So now if it's it's online, I feel like there's a lot a lot to be lost there. Mm-hmm. That was that was just that was the only point that I was trying to make. Oh. Um, regarding film festivals and regarding film festivals film. and how hideous I am. Yeah. You go. Um, I actually taught myself some stuff in this quarantine because it's good to learn. Um, I taught myself motion tracking and cinema 4D. Mm-hmm. Of uh, course you did, as one does. Yeah. Well, uh, because up until now, up until this point, I always tracked in. I have this copy of Buju I've been using, which is, if anybody knows, that's like old school used to cost like ten thousand dollars for a license you know and it was like 40 megabytes the size of ah, the, file. the mighty have fallen yeah so i guess they still kind of release it but i don't know i just i was like you know let me let me let me try this cinema thing because i've tried it a couple times before and i didn't really have a lot of success with it mm-hmm. so you know i try it once or twice and be like that's ah, not working whatever and move on to something that i know mm-hmm. but this time i was like you know what let me let me sit down and force myself to to do this and it's 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 pretty it's pretty good i have to say i was pretty impressed with it because um you know there's some there's some things you have to do. Like I had a couple scenes that were extra long and I have to like do a 2D track and then find another spot in the timeline and do another one. So there's some kind of workarounds because a lot of times I wasn't getting like a full track of my full. And there could be a million things I'm doing wrong that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. But I watched tutorials on YouTube, so yeah. I consider myself an expert. But uh, as well, you should. Yeah, they had this really they had this really cool thing that like feature called like um, reconstruction. So basically what it does is if anybody's even listening still, um, if you're tracking a scene and you have all your track points and you have a good track, then you can reconstruct the scene, which will take all your points and make a geometry and a mesh. And then you can kind of get a reference of your, of your scene. (laughs) It's pretty interesting. I just heard like, wah, 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 motion, wah, 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 scenes. I want clickety click. Anyway, I'm gonna leave some links to some good tutorials on motion tracking um, in cinema in the show notes um, because I don't know. I think I'm always gonna. I was looking at PF Track and and Synthize as two other options. First of all, let me just say this about. I think it's, do. I think it's PF Track. There's no pricing on the website. You have to like contact them to get pricing. There's nothing that drives me more nuts than that. Yeah, lots you of know, companies do that. I of just all different types I just of things. can't deal with that i just i don't like it find your find your nearest dealer yeah well i don't know that i want to put that much effort into finding the dealer contact us for uh you know figure out a solution for you and it's like well no i just want how much is it can you just tell me how much it is does the price change based on stuff it's just stupid (laughs) i just don't understand that model in this day and age because 
you know, if I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm like, all right, I want to track this. Let me try. Let me try PF Track. See how that For works. That, I don't well, no, understand. let me contact them and wait, and they yeah, get back to me. That doesn't really make sense because it's That's not so like stupid. they do that. Um, I'm going to bring this to what's relative to me. Food. Um, mm-hmm. They do that with a lot of kitchen supplies. If you're trying to get like real deal stoves and stuff like that, they want they want you know they have to like price it out. Contact them and they email you back to go like, oh, that stove seven thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, you know, if I'd known that it was even in that ballpark, I wouldn't have bothered. But yeah. the only way to even know if it's something that would ever be within your means is to jump through hoops. Yeah. It's such a dated, it's such a dated um, sales technique because they feel like once you are in contact with them, they feel like you've already I'm invested. Obligated. Yeah, I have to buy this you've stove invested now. time into it. And it's like, well, whatever. And, and then, you know, you feel like you have somebody that you can talk to there, whatever, but it's just, that's just not how things are. People just want to go. So what's the price? That's all I care about. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I there's enough information on the internet for me to figure out if this is something that fits my needs or not. You tell them, Toots. So, so it's just frustrating. Anyway. It's frish frustrating. It's frish frustrating. Anyway, um, yeah, tracking in Cinema 4D is fun, and I like it. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll use that from now on. Really? Until something better comes along. No more bougies? No more bougies. Take that bougie boo. Yeah. Well... That's my rant on motion tracking. Okay. All right. I didn't understand a goddamn word of that. Mm. Okay. So on to our reviews. There's actually another film that we're going to throw in there that we saw yep. um, that was called High Life with Robert Pattinson. Pattinson vehicle. And and um, so Uncut Gems, we finally saw. It was a film that I was very interested in because I saw a Good Time, ironically, starring Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. which was a film by the Softy Brothers. And... Um, they did Uncut Gems. And initially when I saw it and I saw Adam Sandler and we've kind of talked about this before, I was like, oh, but I wasn't as confused as some people because I I actually enjoy him as a more as a, a dramatic actor than I do a comedian. I don't I don't get him as a comedian, honestly. Yeah. Um, maybe The Wedding Singer, I think, is the only movie of his that starred him that that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But the rest I was like, eh. so I actually like him as a serious actor. I wouldn't say I go out of my way for him, but, you yeah. know, if he's inside, you know, I'm like, okay. And so if you saw Good Time, you know that the Softy Brothers have a, they have a look, they have a grade, there's a mood to their films. Their trailers are very similar where they're very fast paced. Mm-hmm. They like to put a whole lot of information just back to back, back to back. Mm-hmm. And with Good Time, you think, you watch the trailer and you think, oh, I, I, I might've seen this whole film now, but there were a lot of twists and turns to that. Uncut Gems was not. And so when I saw the trailer, I thought, well, this is pretty clear cut. I, I know what I'm going to get, but I'm now going by their last film and thinking there's going to be, there's going to be a whole dip to it. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really much of a dip to it. And Adam Sandler has this uncomfortable smile Yeah, that he, it's just <clears throat> naturally his. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a oh my god right <laughs> no that actually wasn't what i was referencing but i'm glad that it segued to you doing that um <laughs> he he has this he's got this like toothy because i think yeah. he had like a piece in his yeah. mouth for this but he has this very like uncomfortable like toothy kind of grin mm. um that when you couple that, that, that I find kind of unnerving on its own, but then when you couple it with this character, you just want to punch this guy constantly. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't think, I didn't say like, oh, 
I wish I hadn't seen that. I'm glad that I saw it, but I just was kind of surprised that I didn't get the depth that I thought I, that I was going to get from this. It's pretty straightforward. If you watch the trailer, yeah. you kind of know, like from the tone and from this guy's personality, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really interesting example of how careful you have to be with the antagonist and the protagonist in a film. He was kind of both in yeah. ways. He was both the antagonist and he was both the protagonist and then the antagonist to his protagonist yeah. in the film. But they, 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 they sort of rode side by side so often that I lost compassion for him. Even though, you know, like even, you know, you watch it, you're like, okay, it's kind of like a swindling jeweler, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of deal. And, you know, this very like stereotypical personality in the Diamond District. And um, yeah, he's that. But then he's also it's like he's the poster board child for poor decision making on top of that. Yeah. So much so that you start to lose your compassion for him if he even had any. Because you're like, that's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, essentially a film about a bad person doing stupid things. So, you know, there's no like usually in a film when somebody makes bad decisions or a show or whatever, you know, I think of like Breaking Bad or, you know, um, Ozark or something. When you have like good people doing bad things, the interesting part is that dichotomy of, you know, deep down they're like a good person and they mean well. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just got wrapped up in something bad and whatever. But he's just from the get go. He's just like a not a good person and it's not interesting he had no redeeming qualities at all at all there was nothing about him that was redeeming and even and whatever that's the story you want to tell that's great but for me that's that's why the the film didn't work for me um not on a technical level everything was fine it was great that i even understood you know the style is 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 fine you know the style didn't take me out I, i enjoyed I enjoy filmmakers that have a specific style. That's mm-hmm. their thing. And I and I, I appreciate that. So it wasn't anything like that. It was just the story itself just wasn't something that really, I didn't think like, there did was anything engaging about this character because, again, there was no redeeming quality to mm-hmm. him. So I just didn't feel sorry for him in any way. And so when bad things were about to happen, mm-hmm. I didn't care, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And where where it got interesting for me, just in terms of like how I was feeling about the character, is that about... I'd say once you hit the three quarter mark of the film and you realize that he has slid past so many instances, instances, words, yeah. uh, incidences oh, okay. that he otherwise should have been terribly harmed for, if not killed. And yet somehow he's bypassed to this. OK, mm. then the next one comes and you're like, oh, he's definitely getting stitches here. Mm. Nothing. And then mm. the next one comes and you're like, hospital stay, ICU, <laughs> and he gets a bloody nose. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? How does. And so when that kept happening, it's kind of like a Tarantino film where you're waiting for the gratuitous violence, which is where I got a little bit confused with um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I enjoyed that film thoroughly, even without it. But I did remember like midway going, where's the violence? Mm-hmm. Like we're like, we're in here and I haven't gotten really for him. Yeah. I haven't gotten nearly enough blood or violence. And then he like slaps you in the face at the end. Yeah. You're like, there it is. He just hoarded it all into one moment. Got it. Got it. With this, it was like you knew something was coming in the end because it's like this guy's gotten away with too much. Mm-hmm. It was very abrupt. I'll admit, because even I was like, oh, 
you know, mm. but I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's kind of a spoiler there. You know, you wouldn't have to really read too deeply between yeah. the lines, you know, to know the, 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 the fate of this character. But um, and then there was this weird incorporation of celebrity mm-hmm. into this film, which is supposed to take place in the early 2010s. Yeah, the early 10s. The, the 10s of the 20s. <laughs> and so you have uh, Kevin Garnett, yeah. who I think was... Was he was he on the Celtics or did yeah. they just add? Okay, yeah. so he played for the Celtics yeah, yeah. at that time. I don't do the I don't do the sports ball too much, yeah. but so they have him, and then they have the weekend. Who? Yeah, I don't know anything you, about the weekend. You don't know who the weekend is? No, seriously. I thought that was a made up thing I for the film. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. No, no but idea. Love, no, no, no idea. Come on, you've heard the song. Maybe you're very okay. So. Paul's very much a dad in this relationship. I usually have to explain to him like what the kids are doing because yep. he's like, "What's a?" He came to you the other day. He's like, "What's a TikTok? <laughs> How do you TikTok?" I have a TikTok. <laughs> so I know you do. I used it once. I know. So um, okay. So he's a he's a musician, and he kind of got big around that time. I would say he's like R and B or something, or mm, he does R and B, but he does uh, like dance and you know like the just. A very the, the the newer style of music that mm. that you know like a lot of younger people are in in now where you you're combining different styles that's kind of what he does so yeah he has like an R and B type of rappy ish at times feel but it's more like a dance soul R and B kind of thing and <clears throat> you totally know the song I'm just I'm just like baffled that you thought he was a fictitious character yeah so he's a real character mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I found that distracting yeah. You didn't, obviously, because you didn't know who he was. But at first I was like, okay, so you have an actual, you got the actual basketball player. Like, okay. And then they threw this weekend thing in there. I'm like, why is the weekend in this? (laughs) Like, what's, like, what was this, like the VH1 Music Awards or something that, like, every random relevant person at that time is showing up? I don't know. Um, And and I, I get that it's kind of... This, you know, it takes it takes place in the city. And so it's like, yeah, you know, it's if you're part of these groups, then you would be invited to these types of parties. And so, yes, I do understand how the celebrity would be in there. But I don't know. I just they have such a like gorilla indie feel to the way that they film. They're very gritty mm-hmm. that I just found all the celebrity to be like, wow, wow what yeah. you know, what's what's going on? Um, and that's I don't know. I guess like when when I saw when I watched stuff with Robert Pattinson, like good time at first you're thinking like oh fuck with the twilight but he's actually a very good dramatic Mm -hmm. actor so i'm i'm cool with him it's just i can forget that i'm watching him yeah in a film he's very good at like i don't ever think of twilight when i'm watching him Mm -hmm. he's he's amazing at really being able to just become that character good i never thought i wasn't watching adam sandler (laughs) you know i just and then oh oh and then there was that uh adina john travolta fucked her name up Menzel. Oh yeah. Is it Adina Menzel? I haven't. I don't know. Um, she's in it as well. So mm-hmm. it was like this this weird, distracting kind of like ping pong game of like, oh, these. I don't know. And then the girl who plays his girlfriend is apparently like known for just having a huge ass, and she was a dominatrix or something at mm-hmm. some point. So you're like, okay, I, I don't know. I just thought that the. The, the relationship with the girlfriend was kind of weird to me. I, yeah. I didn't really understand where they stood 
because their relationships the relationship seemed completely different at the be- at the end than it did at the beginning yeah. you know i didn't really follow that logic personally like there may have been things i missed or didn't get but to me her attraction to him seemed completely saccharine yeah and then it was like oh no no it's genuine and i'm yeah. like since when yeah <laughs> you know? yeah what is if it was like that from the beginning it would have been a little more interesting cuz then you would have had um you would have had something to play against adam sandler's yeah. character yeah you know um but she just seems like like a money grubber yeah from the jump and then they tried to add the sincerity to their relationship that i just didn't understand feel earned as they say in the film biz yeah i didn't understand that like um just i'm gonna just spoil this this movie came out a while ago Mm. um you know there's a scene where she has to move out yeah and then she gets a tattoo of his name on her ass but then she like but i'm like lists his apartment on yeah, like for someone you love so much, you left very quickly, very abrupt. Like you were like, okay, yeah, but oh no, and it just—I didn't buy any of that. It just didn't. I don't know. There was just something so weird, and and the characters and the story between it was just really like disjointed. And yeah, um, this was a tough one because I've talked about it so much <laughs> that I was like, I can't not review it because you know how I feel. I don't want to say just negative things. I st- the whatever movie they make next, I'm going to watch it. Sure, yeah. I just I'm I'm fascinated by you know any like brothers or couples or family that make stuff together because mm-hmm. there's just a connection there that you have. And again, I'm not going to love everything that everybody does. That I, even though I enjoy them, I don't love everything they did. I thought Good Time was really good, so um, I'll still watch their stuff. Mm-hmm. If I could follow M. Night through this, I can follow the Saki <laughs> brothers. So I'm going to do that. Just for me, this one didn't work. Yeah. And and 80% of why it didn't work for me was in the writing. More specifically in the character development and mm-hmm. the relationships. I just did not yeah. feel anything. Yeah. And usually, like, you know, usually you have some kind of arc for a character, you know, whether it's going from good to bad, bad to good, or like not changing, but learning something or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't necessarily have to have one either. I, I can respect that too. You can just tell a, a story about something somebody went through or whatever, mm-hmm. or an event or whatever. But this one just seemed like, I don't know, like I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't get it. I'm not saying it's a bad film. It just didn't, just didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, weird because I, I I was hesitant to see the movie because I was like, oh, I'm not really that. And it turned out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. which is really weird because usually I like to be pleasantly surprised. You know, if I'm like, I'm not really digging a movie, but it turns out it's actually pretty good. I like when that happens. Yeah. So I'm always rooting for that to happen. Yeah. Secretly. But um, it just didn't. And the, the Kevin Garnett angle was so weird. And, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I just. Uh, I mean. Kevin Garnett did okay for not being an actor. Yeah. I mean, he didn't like ruin it or anything, but I just... I mean, it is it is interesting that they had to put it in a time when he would, you know, he was playing. They had to find games that worked the bets that he was making. Right. You know, so that was like whatever, but um, yeah, I don't know. He was Weird. just as distrusting and creepy in the beginning as he was in the middle and the same at the end. Yeah. It was just, there was no change for better or worse with with his character and uh, i just yeah. i don't know yeah so i mean i didn't i didn't love it yeah i didn't love it i'll watch whatever's next i really enjoy them because if you go on like their imdb it's literally like badly lit shorts 
from 2007, <laughs> you know, like you could see the progression of then writer and then like their projects getting more and then boom, there was like good time came out. And that I think mm -hmm. believe that was the, their main, like that was the main thing that kind of threw them out there. And so I'm always going to root for that because that's being able to watch. That's awesome. You know, yeah. it's, it, there's, there's a disconnect, you know, when somebody is born into business their dad was a playwright. Their mm -hmm. mother was a casting agent. Mm -hmm. Their their aunt directed some, you know, was a, an executive director on something. And it's like, well, of course you got into filmmaking because you practically had that handed to you. It was, you know, something that you were surrounded by. But and I don't know their history, mm -hmm. but. You know, when you see somebody's first project being like a $20 million yeah. <laughs> production, you're like, oh, gee. But seeing their stuff just sort of graduate yeah. in quality, there's something that's really interesting about that. And and I can appreciate it personally because mm -hmm. that's how, you know, that's how our stuff. Well, we're not on this level, obviously, but watching what we did in 2008. Yeah. Uh, and then... Or even even 2007, <laughs> actually, yeah, and and then just seeing the difference in quality from something we filmed in 2015 to something that we filmed now, there's yeah. a, the, you know, so I'm still gonna I'm still rooting for them. I just personally didn't really care for this one too much. Mm -hmm. I was kind of bummed by that because I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, yakety yak. I kept talking about it, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh, well, thanks. It was the trailer. I know you were. You kind of went in reluctantly. Not you weren't reluctant, but every time I gave you an option to see this or something else, you'd never picked this. Yeah. And then finally, I was like, "Listen, buddy." We paid for it. <laughs> we paid for it. I was like, "Listen, pal. Hey, supporting both literally and <laughs> we're supporting. We're supporting filmmakers." Yeah. So okay. So we also watched. Ironically, we watched High Life, mm -hmm. starring Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. And again. I forgot that I was watching Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> uh, because, you know, he's just, he's a transformative fella, he is. <laughs> so I always enjoy watching his films because I believe whatever character he's playing, he's he's British, so of course he always gets the accents right and, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. But I, this, this film was, um, it's a, a French director, I believe. Yep. And uh, so when you think of... A film that is like artsy for the sake of being artsy. This is the kind of film that kind of comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I had read the the description and it was like sci-fi. Claire, Claire, uh, Claire Denise. Yeah. It was like sci-fi. I was like, all right, let's check it out. Yeah, Robert I was Pattinson, all in. Sci-fi. I saw this. I saw this trailer like last year. I think last summer or something like that. And I was like, ooh, may have even been before that. I don't even know if I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. I just saw Pattinson and sci-fi. I was like, let me try. Well, this. here's here's what happened as. Most couples can relate to this. You sit down and we have, I don't know, 150 films in our Netflix queue. Mm -hmm. I have probably 25 or 30 titles in our Prime video. I have probably 30 films in our Hulu. <laughs> like there's, so it's always, what do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? Yeah. Do you feel like watching something funny? I don't know. Do you feel like watching something funny? Maybe we can watch a drama. We can watch a drama. If you want to watch a drama, do you want to watch a drama? I don't know. Is that what you want to watch? <laughs> so then we do this for two hours and now it's 10 o'clock and we're like, it's too late to yeah. watch anything. Cause we just argued for 45 minutes about what we should watch. Yeah. So this time I said, we, we were like five seconds into that building argument of nonsense. And you just went, fine, I'll just pick this. Yep. And you clicked on it. And I said, well, do you want to see a trailer or something first? You know, nope, I want to go in blind, which is what you did. 
I, I did I not go I try to do that blind. as much as possible because it's hard to do. But I it's saw so the much trailer and I was like, that. this look, and I actually sent you this trailer, but you don't remember anything don't remember. that I sent you. So I saw sci fi. I saw like, you know, anything that's kind of about like being in solitary in space is mm-hmm. terrifying and fascinating. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. And so I thought, oh, this is going to, I thought, Unlike Good Time, I thought I was getting a whole different movie <laughs> when I saw the trailer. Yeah. You should watch the trailer now so yeah, that you'll know see. what I'm talking about. And then the film was going, and I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. This isn't the flavor that I ordered. Yeah. I didn't order this flavor. Who gave me this? Yep. It was... It was uh, interesting. <laughs> again, I don't like giving <sighs> negative reviews. That, well, I would so say it's negative. Again, look, the perform all the performances were good. Pros and cons. There here. was a so lot. Pros. Technically good Let's film. Let's go with the pros. Pros are technically is a good film. The, the lighting was interesting. The um sta- the uh production design was interesting. The concept. The I concept guess. was interesting, you know. Um it, yeah. Like yeah. all the technical stuff was was fine. It was yeah. good. You know. Um I thought that the the details of the story was really far fetched. Yeah, I thought that their mission could have been way simpler, and they it, it turned into this really convoluted type of reasoning and mm-hmm. what they were doing. And then there was like a sex room, yeah, that where whole... they like humped things, and I was like, "What is happening?" And not yeah. in a prudy way, but I just thought like, "This is not adding for me to the film at all." Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really understand any of that, and and. It was a very horny uh, French moment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, this is like where you're being voyeuristic and daring mm-hmm. and sexually explicit, but in a really independent way. It just was like, oh, man, this just, uh, I don't know. It was like sex horse thing. And it was room, almost like experimental. Lots of film pubic hair and like excessive. A lot of semen. <laughs> A semen, <laughs> which when I show you the trailer, I can imagine in your mind, you're probably thinking, why the fuck did she put this on her list? <laughs> I assure you, the trailer does not at all give you the idea that that is what's going to be happening, which is why when it started happening, I was like, is this this? No, I'm pretty sure this is the movie. It's that moment you're like, holy crap, I'm in a cult. <laughs> you know, I, I just thought that. like, what the hell just happened here? Mm. Um it was it was bizarre. It was definitely bizarre. And and I thought like I saw where they were going with the, the stakes, but it just got too confusing. And the characters were supposed to be these like sort of, you know, delinquent throwaways. They had been in yeah, prison. They're all prisoners, yeah. yeah, they're prisoners and they're sent on this space mission to save mankind with their cervixes and their semen i don't know but i don't know i i mean they kind of explained it but it still didn't court like i didn't get like so wait how is this gonna save man like how is this gonna benefit humanity like i didn't really they were it was the black hole no i i got all of it but i just didn't really like didn't really think that was some kind of priority the amount of money they would spend to do that yeah and trust those people specifically with it that have no training in this at all except for some weird horny doctor yeah uh, that was also a prisoner was also a prisoner and yeah it was i don't know it started off really good mm-hmm. you know i i liked to you know there's the logistics of thinking about like how well, i mean what if this kid gets an infection you yeah. know i mean they're dead and then i kept thinking god if he were to slip and fall and crack his head open that kid just starves to death like there's just nobody there to even yeah. monitor what the hell's happening to this kid 
but I mean, let's just say that's what happened. You get pregnant on a ship. You manage to somehow keep that child alive mm-hmm. and in, it, without prenatal vitamins or uh, <laughs> uh, any type of doctor or, or checkup. Um, I mean, okay. You know, I guess you don't have to worry about this kid needing vaccines. If they're in space, what are they catching? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I just thought, I, I don't know. It just, uh, that to me, there's, that's always a high stakes kind of thing. When you think of like, well, there's so much can go wrong here and this kid can be killed or die. So I thought that was interesting. And I really liked the, um, the connection that he had with this little girl mm-hmm. and, you know, that all of that was really good, but. I just I didn't care for the style. I thought it was just like like hyper indie. Yeah, almost experimental. I wouldn't even say experimental to me. I'm going to say that that it came off as arrogant. Yeah, it was like, again, it's, you know, the, the, the being artsy for the sake of being artsy and not really having with it, the, the story sort of took second fiddle to being weird mm-hmm. and showing that. And I just thought like, yeah. all right, you know, it's like. You got to give me something else with that. And I I will watch a lot of those types of films because every so often I get one that I'm like, yeah, I could see how people would find that artistically pretentious, but the story was really good. Um, Upstream Color was one of those films that seemed pretentious, but I was like, I loved that. I really loved that film. It's a movie that you either love or you hate. But this just... I can't wait to show you the trailer now because you're going to see <laughs> why I picked it. Yeah. And then <laughs> you can understand how confused well, that I was, was probably throughout probably like, it. you know, they saw the movie and they're like, well, okay, we got what we got. But let's let's put a trailer together that probably seems a little more straightforward. Yeah. I haven't, again, I haven't seen the trailer, but oh. I, I'm going to assume that it's pretty straightforward yeah. trailer. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I would recommend it if you don't believe in the Pattinson. Yeah. Because it's, you know, you, you can well, see. Well, there's a million things you can watch. Exactly. With, with I was just going to say there's tons of things you could see. But if if you had a, a remote interest in this and then you're like, you know, I've never seen Robert Pattinson. And, uh, you know, I don't know him. I really liked him in that 9-11 movie, too. He had yeah. Done. That was, yeah. That was a good one, too. Spoiler alert. Cause yeah. <laughs> that was a major spoiler for that film because yeah. that was the whole surprise. Way to go, Paul. Yeah. Um, he he does he, he's done quite good again in good time and stuff like that but maybe for that i would say to watch it but i i just uh i didn't really care for anything mm-hmm. else or any of the other characters um like juliette binoche is like not there's nothing crazy going on i don't know mm-hmm. it was that was that this is probably this is going to go on my top five for misleading misleading trailers misleading trailers yeah. and and promoting because that ain't what you sold us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Can I watched I it. I'm glad I watched it because yeah. I had wanted to, but it just yeah. it was, yeah. So let's let's end it on a high note. Mm-hmm. Revolving back around, we jumped on on the Maisel train mm-hmm. two seasons. Yep. Prior, um, people had talked about talked about, and we we're like, eh, I don't know. Actually, I was interested in it, but. You're not really too much into these, like the Mad Men type. Um, what's what was that other? Yeah, I, I love the show so much that I can't remember the name yeah. of it. The it was, where he was the sex doctor. Oh yeah, I know what show you're talking about. But the something of sex or yeah, was it Masters of Sex? Masters Thank of you. Sex. Thank you, Thank you, Sashia. Yeah. Yes, that was a show that I kept seeing advertisements for, and people were like, "Oh, this show's really good," and I'm like. I don't, I don't, which is weird because I love the style of the 40s and 50s. Uh-huh. Aesthetically, it's one of my favorite. So you would think that I would run to that. And I think what happened was I watched Mad Men and uh-huh. I did not like that show. 
I thought, oh, I'm going to love this because yeah. the music and the style. Ooh, it's so cool. And I tried, I think, the first four episodes. And I was like, I just I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care about these people. And the show is so popular that when I, you know, Masters of Sex, and I was like, this is going to be like Mad Men again. <laughs> yeah. Except with sex. Yeah. But it wasn't. That show was really good. Yeah. Really good. And so... I guess I was kind of like, you know, I still kind of wanted to see this, but you're like, eh, I don't know. It's going to be some like dainty, like 50s thing. And then you got interested in it. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to start The yep. Maisel. Yep. And we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I love the show. It's really good. However, we heard not so great things about season three. Mm-hmm. And so we actually, we were going hard when we watched the show. We were like, next season, next season, because yeah. we started late. And then we were stuck because we'd finished the, the only seasons at that time. We were like, oh, so we kept waiting for this to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, December was like a crazy month. And so we were going to get to it late. And then like that's when the reviews and stuff started coming out. And people yeah. were like, oh, it's not as good. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know why I let that deter yeah. me. Well, I think a lot of it too was just there was just so much. There's just so much we had that. Oh, stuff. Know, yeah. Yeah. Like Watchmen is something I've been wanting to watch as well. But then it's Watchmen's in that same category for me. I, I have a very strong feeling that I'm going to love that show. I think you are. But it's like. I ruined it because I started watching episode eight. <laughs> and I was like, so. but I was like, oh, well, I, I don't know. There's just maybe knowing that there's not another season and it's going to end or something. I don't know. I'll watch it eventually, but yeah. There for, is for the Maisel, only, only the one season, right? Yeah. Watching it. For Maisel, yeah. And once we, yeah, I don't know why I let that deter me either. But We did. We kept, we had a couple people say it that enjoyed the show. They were like, mm, not so much with this season. I think this season is very different mm-hmm. because she's in a completely different place. Season yeah. one is about her trying to become a comedian. Yeah. Season two is about her dipping her toe into the water of being a comedian and starting to get some notoriety. And in this season, she's made it. Yeah. Well, not made it, made it. But she's it's like another level of her yeah, career. It's another. And, and what happens? Things change. Mm-hmm. And so I think people were turned off by that mood change, I guess, because it was, you know, her. I, I admit her parents were uh, they had much more scenarios to happen because her dad uh Tony Shalhoub. Genius. Tony? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's just he just plays the character so well. And he he was almost what sold the show for us, honestly, when we yeah. were watching it. We loved his character, even though he wasn't. I mean, she does great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But for me, it was like a tie. It was more the dad. And then in season two, Alex Bornstein's character started like I was like, I really like his character. And then for me in three, she stole it. Yeah, she was great. She stole season three for me. She did really, really well. Mm-hmm. An- another actor that you see playing a lot of silly characters. She does a lot of voiceover work and cartoon work because her mm-hmm. voice is nasal. But um, she is she can perform dramatically. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just the the lines, just the writing is just so good on the show. Yeah, the the light the writing is genius. Um, Alex Bornstein, yeah, she kind of stole it this season, but. I still feel like Rachel Brosnahan, uh, like this, this was, this is her role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine anybody at like, you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't imagine anybody. And that pretty much goes for everybody. Everybody seems to fit so perfectly to their role. But um, yeah, she, the way that she plays the character is just so perfect. Yeah. You know, and she has great moments, but, um, but I really like the season a lot. Um, I like to see, where they're going. I actually felt it was a little short. I felt like it could have been a couple it more. It was way short. There's only there was eight the, episodes. There was the, the ending. Of course, they leave you on a cliffhanger. I felt 
I felt I was of two minds about it because I feel like the almost the whole season you build this thing up, um, a friendship almost, and then to just you know for at one moment it, it all goes away. I just felt like well that does kind of happen though. Yeah, I know it does happen, but then it then now when you look back at that relationship, there's no weight to it. You know what I mean? It was so. Well, we fickle. don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Right. It may. It may come back. Yeah. It, it, we don't know if that's fizzled out completely or if there's there's going to be a reunion. Who knows? But I just really, I just thought this this season was really good. I think that there were more comedic um, notes to the first and second season. Yeah. This one was started to get a bit deep mm-hmm. with stuff, and there wasn't uh, there wasn't as much comedy, and perhaps that's what people didn't like about it is that it became a comedic drama, yeah. whereas season one and two was. A comedy, yeah, and now it's a comedic drama. Yeah, well, yeah, there's definitely more drama. I can, I can still, I still appreciate it. I still thought that it worked. I think it, I think it works really well because then those moments of comedic comedy relief or whatever, the comedic moments hit a lot harder because mm-hmm. you know the they have the drama to kind of counteract that. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. These characters went from being <clears throat> characters to being people. Mm-hmm. In season three, you got to see the downside of things and everything wasn't always so perf- like perfect and perky and funny. And even when things weren't good, they were funny. Like now it's mm-hmm. it, it was a bit more grounded in that way. I just, I just really enjoyed it. And it's it's just so funny that I kind of steered away from it and thought I'll eventually get to that because other people didn't like it. Yeah. So you can watch Uncut Gems and be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That was mm-hmm. a masterpiece. Again. It's my opinion. Yeah. It's subjective. Yeah. I, I, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. So many things that I love, films that I love, shows are ones that did not really get good ratings and stuff like that. And th- this is a good example. Uncut Gems got like a 98%. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes is like whatever. Yeah. But more times than not, it's usually spot. I usually agree yeah. with it. And so I'm like 98%. You know, they're talking about, you know, nominating him and all this stuff. And I was like, no. Well, that's, I don't feel like that yeah. should have been a nomination. The point that, that I had made, actually, just to jump back on Uncut Gems when we had finished watching it, was that if the Softy Brothers hadn't made this, I probably, if the Softy Brothers hadn't made it and and, and um, Adam Sandler was in it, I wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. If they hadn't made it and it was another actor that I really like, I would have watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like anybody could have played that role. Yeah. There was nothing about him playing the role that... Yeah, I don't... I mean, look, like I said, it, for for him it was good, but I don't see all the... Everybody was so, like, upset that he was, like, snubbed from the Oscar list, but... I don't see why. Yeah. yeah but I wouldn't... Again, for him, good. You know, because yeah, he, do, he doesn't do a lot of drama Yeah, what films, is that saying? But I think uh, if you look at the, the plethora of performances <laughs> uh, from that year, I don't that know if this That wasn't is, one of them for me. But yeah. anyway, my point being that that got a really high score, and it was not my favorite film that I've seen this year and other films and shows that got low ratings. I really enjoyed or loved. So whatever, you know, it was just, uh, just our, just our little opinion here. Mm -hmm. So that's what we've watched. We're going to be watching other stuff. Yeah, sure. We might be filming something small here, testing just to do something. Uh, Now that we know it's not like two or three weeks, it's like a month. (laughs) So, we're going to film probably a couple things if I had it my way. 
We just well, I'm still, think I'm, of some high concept things that you can do easily. And the then, irony uh-huh. is that we now have time to film the cooking show, but I can't read it. The ingredients are not readily accessible to me yeah. at this moment. Getting a delivery is like, it's like being in freaking Mad Max. Yeah. Everyone on their phone fighting for a spot on Instacart to have somebody deliver your food to you. So, and lots of stuff is not available and you're limited. So I would be very, maybe we should do like a quarantine cooking show. <laughs> like, yeah. I have these six ingredients. What do I do? What with can them? I do with this? Because uh, food's not easy to come by mm-hmm. or not specific things at least. So that that's, that's kind of ironic that we now have the time to do that. We talked about doing it and I can't even just run to the store and make stuff because times are tough right now. But so, yeah, we we're hoping to film some stuff. We encourage you to do the same. I believe um, Film Riot had done a kind of contesty thing. Like yep. a one minute, uh, one 60 minute. second. We were going to do that too, but then couldn't really settle on anything that we felt would be strong enough to do it. Yeah. So then we were like, you know what, let's just film something a little bit. You know, let's just film Yeah, because 60 seconds is very, that's tough. It's very yeah. limiting. But that's yeah, the well, point of it because yeah. they have to, you know, get to sit through so many Well, not only that, but then it's like, submissions. you know, we, we usually enter those things just because we like to yeah, practice and, and everything. But yeah, in this case, since we have a little bit more time. We'll just make a bigger story and make a full, not like yeah. a full film out of it, but just something a little more. Yeah. Well, you should film stuff too. Yeah. And send it to us. We'll watch it. Yeah. Let us know. Film, fil- film, film the stuff and send it over our way and we'll see what we're doing. These are uncertain times, guys. So I don't know what's going on. You just get what you get with us for the yeah. next couple of weeks or a month or so. It's a good time to catch up on stuff that we should have watched and, mm-hmm. and didn't. So good time to teach yourself something. If you've always wanted to learn. You wanted to write something, just write yeah. it. So that's the benefit, you know. I'm trying to teach just myself. Just don't write things something and... that's about a quarantine. That's there's going to be so many people doing that. Yeah. There's going to be so many quarantine movies coming out. Yeah, I'm not even looking forward to that yeah. at all. Go, yeah. we lived through it. Yeah, it's like movies are supposed to escape from, rea- from yeah. the reality. Yeah, this is like, do I want to watch a movie about Vietnam when I was in Vietnam? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. But. But you, can, you could think us, to yourself, Those of hey. us who weren't were like, oh, this is fascinating. But when you've lived it, I can understand being like, I don't even care to watch that because yeah. that's, I don't want to even go back there. And you could think to yourself, well, this is a very interesting take on it. Well, roll the dice, buddy. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see roll what you got. Roll the dice, buddy. I, yeah, I'm, I really don't want to watch anything about a quarantine after yeah. this. And that was our thinking of filming something. It's like, well, we, we are generally drawn to darker stuff but it's like you know we wanted to kind of film something a little more lighthearted. I thought, I thought of something lighthearted, happy. What is that? Yeah. Who writes that? Sort of. And so, yeah, because it had mechanics, if you will, mm-hmm. you were sold and you're like, "All right, let's film this right now, 5 minutes from now." And I was like, "Relax, mm-hmm. cuz we don't even have an outline of the story." <laughs> like, yeah. So, that's me. Uh, yeah. So we're well, well also the weather's kind of being an asshole. Yeah. So we're going to wait until we have a better opportunity for that. But there's a whole month here. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Shout outs to Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comic Cast, Not Up For Debate, Perry Horovis, everyone who's listening, all the extra people that have been listening because they were bored and forced to. But that's okay. We'll take what we can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.